Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yes, and Brittany Graham is joining us on Mobile Rolling. Thanks to Garrard. She's about to jump on a plane. She's headed, headed down to cover this feature meeting at Melton. Of course, New Year's Eve, and every race is a Group 1 race. How about that? Brittany Graham is with us. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Steve. Yes, it's going to be a really great way to, to close out the year, isn't it? 12 Group 1s. We don't see that really anywhere in any code, so we're tomorrow night. Are there too many Group 1s in harness racing? Well, there is going to be a change uh, come the New Year when it comes to classification, so it'll be a case of... Uh, restricted races, so sales races and the like won't be able to, to carry that group status and it won't just come down to to prize money either. So when we see the likes of every Saturday night at Menangle, there's a $30,000 feature, so that's a group one, uh, so that's a group three I should say that. So it won't be the case anymore. So there probably are a few too many. It's good to see that change, but I think tomorrow night, um, all of these races certainly deserve their status because they're they're super and there's great prize money on offer. It's all $130,000 for the paces and a hundred for the trotters. Yeah, one of the highlights is going to be the second last on the card with this uh, this horse has only suffered the one defeat. Plymouth Chubb is going to go around short again in race 11. What's the personal highlight for you at this meeting? Yeah, he's going to be super and I haven't been able to see him in the flesh before and I've heard that he's um, quite, a, quite the sight as well. So looking forward to seeing him there tomorrow night at Melton and he looks as though he'll be able to get the job done. But, uh, again, this three-year-old Billy's crop, we saw it in the Breeders' Crown. It was probably the race of the night there. And, again, tomorrow night, the three-year-old Billy's division is probably one of the races that I'm looking forward to most. Of course, ladies in red. Uh, she's been so perfectly campaigned so far this season. She had an easy first half of the year, and then she's been able to pick off the Victorian Oaks and the Breeders' Crown at the back end. And it looks as though she'll be able to win the Vic Red Super Series as well. The race as a two-year-old, this race is a two-year-old. This was where she suffered her, her first defeat in behind Tough Tilly. So a little bit of unfinished business there. But interestingly, Joanna was able to defeat her in a heat. Ladies in red turned the tables in the semi-final. And uh, Chris Alford goes aboard tomorrow night. She comes up with the one draw, Joanna, whereas Ladies in Red has to overcome the second red draw again. So I guess that gives her rivals a, a sniff of opportunity maybe. But we've just seen when it comes to these big races, she just rises to the occasion. She knows when the big money's on offer and uh, she looks as though she's going to be really hard to beat. But looking forward to that race. Yeah. As well, there's, I think, three-year-old Colts and Geldings is interesting. Bondi Lockdown, we got to see him here in Queensland throughout the winter, but I think he's gone to another level since. But it's probably a race where there's horses that we can look out for in the future. But uh, he's going to be really tough to beat as well. And what about this horse that's just a winning machine, Honolulu Bay uh, in race nine for David Moran driving, of course, Emma Stewart trains. It could be a really big night for Loris and Bloodstock. They own ladies in red, of course, as well as Honolulu Bay. And he's been four from four since he joined the Emma Stewart camp. Probably earlier on his career, he's only lightly raced. He's about to turn five and he's only having start number 21 tomorrow night. But he showed glimpses of brilliance. And then on other times, he was disappointing. But he seems to be able to put it all together, this prep. And he's just been so good. His Breeders' Crown win was phenomenal. And just, I think, the respect factor as well. I can just see him being waved onto the front from there on out. It'll be uh, pretty well a procession, I would say. But he's a horse that they're talking, you know, could be one of the best horses in the country. We get to see him do it, but from what 
we're seeing him do in this sort of company, there's no reason why. And hopefully early next year, we'll see him target a few of the bigger grand circuit races because they are really around the corner when it comes to the Hunter Cup and the Miracle Mile. They're all within the next three months or so. Brittany, is there just one standout in your opinion, one bet we can have here at Melton or Horseshoe Keen on? Yeah, well, there's a few real shorties and they're the obvious of Ladies in Red and Plymouth Chubb. So we won't point you towards one of them because they're very, very short. But I think in the fifth event on the card, the two-year-old Phillies division, Amore Vita comes up with the inside gate and Nathan Purden trains this filly. I really like how she's built through her campaign here in Australia. She probably took a little while to just completely click, but her heat and semi-final has been excellent. She's up against the Emma Stewart juggernaut. She has five of the 12 runners again, Emma, but she's got the inside gate of Vita, and I think she can take advantage of that. So race five, number one, the first leg of the quarter will make her the best of the weekend. Are you uh, out on the track out doing Melbourne. those interviews when they're in their pre-race formation? Because I, I think personally that would be a very difficult task when you've got to go for one driver and you've got the, the guys on the boom mic and the camera and that sort of thing. It's great, great watching it, but I reckon logistically for you guys it'd be very difficult to do those pre-race interviews before they, they go up behind the mobile. Yeah, well, it is a little bit of a a juggling act, trying to dodge a few horses and and get in there. Tomorrow night, I won't be doing that. Gareth Hall will be uh, in charge with that role, and I'll be hosting the Sky Racing Active coverage, and we'll be getting plenty of trainers to come up and join us uh, in the lead-up. So we'll have rolling coverage on Sky Racing Active, and we'll send Gareth out. I think it's going to be around... 36 degrees in Melbourne tomorrow. So uh, he can go out in the heat and I'll stay in the air, Connor, and you'll see what he can get for us from that perspective. Thanks. Can't wait to watch those races coming through. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Brittany Graham, New Year's Eve. Every race, a Group 1 race at Melton. But as I said, the personal highlight is this young trotter we've been following from some time ago. Up 28-8 was that third quarter. Plymouth Charm, he led a metre. Crevastor on the outsides, running a race. Right behind them, Courage Stride, ready for that Sky Valley sprint lane, then more wanted. And Hordecam deep runs on in the lane. Plymouth Charm, the favourite, leads. The outside, running a race. Crevastor a metre away. Back to the inside was Courage Stride. Plymouth Charm, though, with 100 to go, packing plenty. Starting to power away, and he goes on his winning way. Plymouth Chubb, second courage try. Yeah, just gets it field. done constantly. Plymouth Chubb, as we mentioned, only suffered the one defeat as well. Matt Young is joining us. Good morning to you, Matt. Good morning to you, Steve. How are you? I'm well, and I'm looking forward to this race. I'm dying to get your thoughts here, this race at Gloucester Park tomorrow night, because some of the biggest names in WA harness racing are going around, and you documented their runs the other day. You thought they were good last start. Magnificent Storm is third up here drawn five and Chicago Bull was good in that same race running fifth second up so and then you've got Vampiro is it going to lead from the three how is it going to play out here yeah it's a very interesting race rock and roll Lincoln will be trying to hold a fourth position from gate one he will be second up and interesting to see Justin Prentice has taken the reins on him first up he just needed that run you could tell uh, it went to 153 and change or 152 eight, that was uh, the mile race Look, Hampton Banner's got plenty of speed, so I don't think the Imperial will be getting around Hampton Banner. Diego will probably drop straight to the fence, and then you've got Magnificent Storm, who's got that advantage over Chicago Bulls. So I think there's a big chance that if Hampton Banner crosses, he'll probably hand up to Magnificent Storm, and I think Magnificent Storm can roll to the top, do what he wants to do out in front, and then whatever beats him will win. So uh, I think Magnificent Storm will be winning the free-fall tomorrow night. Mm. Gee, you think, uh, you know, if he can get a couple of reasonable quarters and find the top like you ex- expect he may, well, he's going to be almost impossible. So you think Chicago will work up around, what, mid-race or something like that and sit outside? Or Yeah, I think um, 
I think with the speed from one, two and three, I think both Aldo and Junior will just let things unfold early. And then as soon as Aldo will just be mindful to keep that advantage on Junior and uh, keep him to his outside. And then once once uh, they've settled early, then I can see Aldo just rolling forward and I think he'll run to the top. And then I think Junior will follow him forward and end up outside of him. So he'll probably be in the breeze. They'll probably want to give Bull, uh, not a gut buster, but they'll want to give him a decent pipe opener because he's heading towards a pretty big campaign off of uh, Little Racing. So he'll need a couple of good hit-outs under his belt going into January with the Fremantle Cup in a couple of weeks and the uh, Pacing Cup in about five weeks. So it'll be an interesting race, but I think Magnificent Storm, he's got the runs on the board now to really show his best. As I've mentioned uh, previously to you guys, that... He's a horse that does take a little bit of time to be able to uh, get to his best and it takes a few runs. And once he gets to free fall, it gets very hard to be able to just come back and keep winning races. So I think he'll be reaching peak fitness now and this will be his race tomorrow night. All right. We're looking at about 250 or 260, something like that. Magnificent Storm. I think that's a very good price. I think he could start close to the even money. It'll be interesting to see once the interviews come out I'm pretty confident that they'll be looking to take a trail uh, with Hampton Banner, who was held up last start, but I think over 2,500, they'll be sitting to a horse like Magnificent Storm. So, yeah, 250 would be a great price. Mm, One horse I'm keen to ask you about, I see it's come up very short in the markets in the second last, but it's form. It hasn't won for a while, but uh, obviously very well drawn here. Justin Prentice trains, know when to run. Is it just beautifully suited here? Is it from the inside race nine? Yeah, he's been uh, just drawn drawn in awkward barriers where he's had to do far too much work or the better ones have just drawn underneath him and he gets the draw in this race and look at this his race to lose he should be leading and bolting in uh, race number nine on the card so uh, it'll be good to see him back into the winner's list because uh, he's a very smart horse coming off of an injury and it's great to see him back and he'll be in the winner's circle tomorrow night as well. What's your standout bet here? Um well, my standout is in race 10, number four, and that's never mind the chaos. I'm pretty keen on this horse all round. I think uh, she's very smart for Michael Young, and I think she can do work in her races. So this is a suitable race, race 10, number four. But I want to try and get something a little bit earlier for the people on the eastern states because it's uh, one of those one of those sort of nights where. I don't want it to be too late. So I'm going to go a bit of value race. Three, number eight, he's our Perseus. I thought was really unlucky last start. Uh, ran into a little bit of bother, but ran through the line powerfully. It looks like there could be a little bit of speed in the race. Gary Hall Jr. jumps back aboard. He's uh, had his little holiday, so he's back. And I think uh, this horse could be a really good each way bet in the third. So race three, number eight, will be my best. He's our Perseus. You don't see Gary Hall drive them normally at, at big odds, uh, which is the case with this horse at this stage. Uh, race three, number eight. And I'll just repeat that one in the last is race 10, number four. Never mind the chaos chasing a hat trick. That's Michael Young and Shannon Savalco driving. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. Uh, really turned, she's turned into a very smart filly this prep. Just continued working through her runs and she's uh, hitting the peak at the right time. Thanks for that, Matt. No worries. Cheers.